podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Serie Chronicles is a Media Chronicles production. Hey everybody, it's already the second week of the City season, it's in the books and there were some things that happened this weekend, Mina. I am buzzing about Cavaradonna down in Naples, it's not going to be able to start this weekend but I'm excited to talk about him. Um, Mina, one moment this weekend that you particularly enjoyed, go. Oh God, I didn't know you were going to throw that at me at the start of the <laughs> At the start of the show, I'd have prepared something. You know, people prepare for this stuff. There must be something. No, nobody prepares. (laughs) I I was wondering whether Galliani would actually sack Stroppa on the spot at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I really just felt at that point, I was like, this is getting really bad. You know, like we've seen more from Lecce and Cremonese than we've seen from Monza that we all assumed would stay up, right? Oh, God. Yeah, they have not been... They have not been good at all. We will definitely get into that. I mean, for me, the highlight is is Kvaratskvelian, whose name I'm going to opt out of saying and just make it Kvara or Kvaradona to save myself from embarrassing myself. But um, him scoring... Oh, and it's Quilly being sent off. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, that sounds crazy because it's in the Premier League. But I was like, God, Napoli really are better without all their best players. While his replacement scored for Napoli uh, as well, just to really rub that one in. Um, but... But Cavaradonna just doing the full, I can be Lorenzo Insigne, but do it better than Lorenzo Insigne with the tiragir into the top corner was was a moment for me. Thought we started something bright because there were some nil nils this uh, weekend as well. So I wanted to start on some exciting things happening in Serie A. Before we really get into it, I um, just want to remind everyone that from this week, the full episode is going to be on Patreon. If you would like the link for that, seriechronicles.com forward slash Patreon. If you're listening to this on the regular podcast feed, then you're just going to get a shortened preview, I'm afraid. But um, enjoy the shortened preview. And if you would like to continue listening, unfortunately, as we've talked about on the last couple of podcasts, to keep the show running, we do have to move it onto Patreon for the moment. Uh, we want to give a special shout out this week as well to the team at the at the Bridge Podcast, who wrote in and told us they're big fans of Serie Chronicles. So if you are a Chelsea fan, do go get subscribed to them as well. I'm so sorry that I talked about Koulibaly being sent off. I was just thinking, Mina just went straight in with that. I should have, I should have made a more seamless link, but I'm not on top of it enough, clearly. Mina, I've, I've alluded to, to Kavaradona. We're going to talk about Kavaradona, but the big game of the weekend, um, at least certainly the headline fixture of the weekend, I think, was probably uh, Milan traveling to Bergamo facing Atalanta. Of course, of course, whenever we talk about going to Atalanta, we have to reference Pep Guardiola saying it's like a trip to the dentist. And I think for the champions, Milan, this was a bit of a trip to the dentist, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Um, I also just realized that when you asked me for my favorite moments, I just highlighted all people getting sacked or sent off. Jesus, it <laughs> does really seem like it's like Freud is like my favorite thing in the world. It's Monday. It's Monday. Everyone's in that sort of bit. <laughs> I swear, guys, I'm a nice person because Nikki wouldn't like me if I wasn't, but it doesn't come out very much, you know? <laughs> but uh, Milan, I know this is going to sound crazy because it's the only the second game of the week. I'm a little bit worried about Milan. And I always change between calling them Milan and Milan. It depends on my mood, so just <laughs> go with it. 
And I finally figured out how to say decadeler. And yet when I say COVID or COVID, I get all sorts of grief. <laughs> COVID or COVID, it's so true. I know it sounds crazy and it's, it's only one game and Milan played really well, you know, like for certain stretches of the game. But n- not enough. They didn't do enough and they struggled in ways that make me think I don't see them progressing in the Champions League. And I'm scared that their level now is just that for Serie A. Um, and they're not answering the questions. You see, Atalanta is not necessarily a team that is, by any stretch of the imagination, great for Serie A. You know, like as in, by that I mean they're not going to win the league. They're probably never going to challenge for second or, you know, um, either. For a while at least. But what I do think you they're a now? European... In recent times they've, yeah... Yeah, now, but I still think they're a European team. I still think they're a team that mm-hmm. can cause problems in Europe because of their ability to adapt to certain situations. And what I saw yesterday from Milan against Atalanta was the fact that if you defended really well against them and cut out the spaces and the passing lanes, then Mina have a problem in attack. And it's one that they haven't addressed. And I do think that obviously there will be players that will grow into it, especially uh, Charles de Catelier. But I don't know if they've bought enough going forward and if Leao will be consistent enough going forward for me to feel like this is a team that is obviously much better than the one last season and keep will keep going in the right trajectory or whether they're sort of only ever growing marginally. Because when I look at the way that Inter play and I look at the fact that maybe Juve can rely on sort of individual quality to bail them out, I'm not entirely sure that Minan have that. And so... I know it sounds like I'm being negative here, but there were things that worried me watching that match. I was just saying to you before we came on that I thought it was quite a boring game and you you reacted as if you completely disagreed with me. So maybe you didn't think it was a boring game. I, I definitely felt like it was. In the nature of the game, Atalanta sort of did what they wanted to do much more than than um, Milan did. Atalanta, it's not a surprise how Atalanta want to play against you. They want to play high up the pitch. They want to play you aggressively. They want to play you one-on-one across the pitch. And I felt like for a lot of the game, they were effective in in suffocating Milan's construction. And I think there were a few, I mean, there's a few things to say about both sides of that. I mean, from the Atalanta side of things, Mina was just saying about them not being a team that can compete for second place. And and I agree right now they're not. But of course, up until last season, it was three third places in a row. So this is a team that, mm. that has been there very recently. And really what we're talking about with, with them is they've gone through this sort of renovation project, I guess. They've said goodbye to Papu Gomez. They've said goodbye to Ilicic. They've said goodbye to um, Gosens. They've gone said goodbye to a lot of players who have been very influential for them. And to me, the sum total of it is it's taken away a, a bit of the, the magia, a bit of the magic, a little bit of what sort of made them more interesting than just a team that would confront you and assault you and, and shut you down. And and they haven't really sort of calculated that for themselves yet. You know, Gasparini has talked about that in some quite pointed terms about racially wanting it from the transfer market. We need a player who can score goals for us. I think it was no coincidence last season that when Zapata went out and you no longer had that presence inside the box. That was when things really went wrong because he had been covering the gap of that loss of magic, I think. It's just him being so, so effective in the box. So I think they played their game much more than Milan did. I, I think Milan, there's sort of different threads to this because I could pick out one player who I was really disappointed in in this game, which Sandro Tonali, who I thought a really quiet game. 
And I can say to myself, well, literally last season, exactly the same player was the catalyst for a win against Atalanta. It was him who was sort of pinching the ball high up the pitch, counter-pressing that press with an even more aggressive press and and creating a chance that, that got Milan in front, that, that transformed that match. So I don't suddenly doubt that Sandro Tonali can do that. And remember, Tonali's just back from injury. I, I think some of it is early season rust that you've still got to kick off the wheels. And I think that's how I feel about some aspects of the Milan performance. I think what this game did do on the other side is still highlight the areas that I, I was a bit concerned about even coming into the season. You know, I said last weekend, oh, maybe Ante Rebic can do the job up front and and maybe he can't. Like maybe actually that was just week one, he had a nice game and then suddenly you throw him into a more difficult spot and you think that number nine spot, if it's not going to be Giroud, still bothers me. And the other one who just really I, I worry about quality-wise I don't think Junior Macias is, I don't think he's useless, but I don't think he's a starter on a title winning team. And does, he doesn't feel like that quality to me. What about Salmakers? Salmakers, do you trust these players like Brahim Diaz when there isn't space available to them? Yeah. Who is going to be the guy who can, you know, break passing lanes? Like Leao is the guy that's the magic, right? He's the fantasia. Mm-hmm. But Atalanta play like a European team and they know how to address issues in the opponent. And so the way that they defended was so clever. And I would imagine this is how opponents will defend in in Europe. And this is the kind of stuff that you need to get used to in order to grow and and be able to uh, attack in different manners, which I think Milan already do. But it's also capable of sort of defending. And I thought Tomori didn't look great, obviously, yesterday either. And I think a a large part of that is because, you know, Teo Hernandez as well wasn't for me terribly great in defensive maneuvers but it was fine because they could rely on Kessier or they could rely on Kroonich or in the first match or something but they're missing that body as well which makes and highlights certain problems in midfield where Tonali is now being asked to do a lot more or or at least to watch out for a lot more so on a mental level that is also a little bit more exhausting and so I don't think their midfield is complete. I don't think their attack is good enough to pierce through any strong defenses for the moment. I do think there's obviously a lot of room for growth. And I don't at all think that they can't win the title or anything like that. I think they're fully capable. My issue with it is that I want a strong Milan in Europe. I want Milan to keep growing a lot each season. And I do think that, for example, Inter are on that trajectory. Um, even though they didn't win the title last season, they still won two trophies. They still did better in the Champions League and I can see their growth procedure, but I'm not entirely sure right now if Milan is a much better outfit than they were last season. And that's what I think worries me about everything. Whereas what I think is so brilliant about Atalanta is that they don't have a striker and people are going crazy about Malinowski. But I don't, I don't think what Gasparini is saying about him is wrong. He's right to ask for someone who scores goals. He's lost a lot of those guys. And he's adapted mm-hmm. Malinowski to be a man who scores a lot of goals. And he's been fantastic. And that shot was beautiful. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be a guy who can score 23 goals in the season and help Atalanta out. And so he's right to want that as well as a coach, just like Juventus is looking for forwards and then Inter wanted Lukaku and, and was looking at Dybala. And he's right to want these things, you know. Um, and right now, what I think he's created is a team that isn't perhaps suppressing so much so they can save some energy, but just a lot more intelligent in the way they defend and by closing, closing passing lanes. It's, it's a little bit more like how Real are doing it, you know, Carlo Angelotti is doing it. They don't have the energy to press or they don't have the players to press, so they just close passing lanes and use their intellect. And I thought that they did that wonderfully. But Milan's team, to me, looks like it's not got a lot of players in it. 
but gaps in certain things that they still need. And for me, Kessie is a, a loss. And I think that that's a loss that needs to be targeted rather swiftly and ideally a great goal scorer. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because in some ways we're saying the same things about both of these teams, aren't we? We're saying that both of them, I think the Milan, the, the point with Kessier is really important as well. I think Kessier is a bigger loss for my midfield. And perhaps even I, I did acknowledge beforehand, I think in terms of just giving you a player who who just fits differently into the puzzle to how Benesser and, and Tonali do, someone who does sort of want to make those aggressive sort of not even about aggression, because actually Tonali's plenty aggressive, but just play higher up the pitch. Kessie sort of started out further back when he first got to Milan and gradually sort of edged more and more towards a, Always, sometimes yeah. even a number 10 role. And I, I think that neither of Benacer or Tonali is, is the right person to do that. Now, maybe someone like De Ketelaer is, which is a question of how long it takes you to integrate him. And, and I, I'm not suddenly writing him off after one game either. But um, no, no, yeah. it, but it was a rem- but this was a reminder that, that you can't just expect insensitive sort of immediate integration and brilliance necessarily. I think on the other side of it, I did want to mention as well, um, Adamola Lookman coming over from Leicester, because I think that Atalanta have had a sort of quiet-ish summer, but they've also made that addition. And of course, they did previously add Jeremy Boga, who's a player who I thought would bring goals to them. And Boga, interesting to me that he doesn't get onto the pitch and, and Lookman does. I mean, I think it's been a bit of a sort of disappointment that burger transfer so that it's not like nothing's been done to give Gasparini what he wants but I can still say that and sympathize and think yeah but they've lost quite they have lost a lot of goals quick question seven seven minutes in the entire attack changed by Milan yeah do you think that Gasparini made his changes too late and otherwise he could have preserved the win he just it felt it felt like they were on the ropes by the time that Milan had introduced their changes Maybe, yeah, because there was no changes at all, was there, before Benazir scored and then suddenly he made a raft of them. And and that is, yeah, that is interesting because Gasparini has a reputation. And Lookman made a difference, being, you know. Uh, yeah, of being the sort of the chess master who's always responding and maybe he just felt like his position was strong enough. So maybe he just thought he could hold his position and uh, he judged that one wrong. I do think Milan maybe slightly edged the game on average, but I think a, a result, a draw was the right result. For me in this one, I'm going to have to say goodbye there to um, anyone who's listening to this on the regular podcast feed. I'm afraid this is where the preview ends. Uh, the rest of the show will be available on Patreon, as we said, seriachronicles.com forward slash Patreon. Podcast Network.